Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond. I'm Will Johnson. The show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. We have five victims, uh, one of whom is deceased. Today we learned that there's a key piece of evidence in this case, a video capturing part of what happened. The defendant says it was self-defense. It's one of those cases that a lot of people can identify with. A lot of people go to the Apple River, people of all walks of life, or other rivers just like the Apple River. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. On July 30th, a day of tubing on a popular river in Wisconsin turned deadly. Random, a 52-year-old man going after children, like... What in the world? Are, that's just insane. That's insane. One of the five stabbing victims on the river that day was 17-year-old Isaac Schumann from Stillwater, Minnesota. He would have been a high school senior this fall, but Isaac died from his wounds a short time after the attack. As part of a statement, his family said, quote, Isaac entered every room with a big smile, infectiously positive aura, and lifted everyone around him up. He had an incredibly bright future ahead of him, and we are all heartbroken and devastated beyond words that his future has been tragically and senselessly cut short. Carol Evan reporter Lou Raguse has been covering the Apple River stabbing since the news first broke. And this week, he tells us what we know about that day on the river and where the case stands today. So the Apple River is in western, northwestern Wisconsin. It's about a 45-minute drive from Minneapolis, Twin Cities Metro. So there end up being a lot of uh, Minnesota people who cross over the border and go to the Apple River. It's uh, comparable to like at a water park, like a, a lazy river where you lie in a tube and kind of take a relaxing uh, float down the river. But the Apple River is also kind of a party area, so a lot of groups that go tubing will have an extra tube for their cooler of beer, and there's a lot of drinking along the way. I've been there so many times, and and every time you go there, it's just people having a good time. Like, everybody's in good spirits. I'm absolutely shocked that this happened. So it was a very hot weekend. It's been a, a hot summer here in the upper Midwest. And it was a a sunny, hot day on the river. There were multiple groups of people, uh, both young and a little older. And this man, whose name is Nikolai Mew, he goes by Nick Mew. He's from the Twin Cities Metro from Prior Lake, uh, is an engineer and has a high-paying job. He was there with his wife and a couple friends. They're in their mid-50s. 
And then also on the river, there was at least one group of teens, like late teen, early 20, younger adults, and then uh, another group of young adults in their 20s. The way that the, the river works, there are bends in the river, and then when the river takes those bends, groups can kind of like stop, and they can kind of stand up. Uh, the water's really not flowing in those little areas. They can t- kind of take breaks. And so the older adult group that included Nick Mew, one of his friends lost his cell phone. And so Nick Mew had some snorkeling gear, goggles and a snorkel, and he wanted to go back to the spot where he thought the friend lost it and look for it. So his group was waiting at another bend a little bit ahead, and he went back to this other bend and was snorkeling, looking underwater for this cell phone. At that same spot, there were two groups. First of all, there was uh, this younger group of uh, teenagers and uh, some younger adults that were in their early 20s. And there's a video. So according to the criminal complaint, the video kind of uh, portrays the way it went. And then the video shows Nick Mew approaching this group really quickly and apparently asking if they had a cell phone or if they found the cell phone. And there's some confusion in this group of teens and about what he's doing. And some of them start to think that he is making inappropriate comments about younger girls. And we don't know if that did or did not happen, but that's the accusation. My information is all coming from the criminal complaint, which in Wisconsin are very detailed. I have not seen this video yet. No one, it's not in the public realm yet, this video that captured a large portion of what happened but the criminal complaint kind of goes play by play of what the video shows and so apparently this younger group called out to the other group that was just coming around the bend and so this other group is called over and two young ladies uh, in you know wearing swimsuits come up and approach this guy under the impression that he was making inappropriate comments to teenage girls and they start yelling at him and telling him to leave Now, captured on the video is Nick Mew opening up a knife and uh, and displaying the knife. And then now is the part that is under dispute because there is what the video shows and then there is what the people involved say happened and may not have been caught on video. But uh, we interviewed one of those young ladies wearing her swimsuit who was confronting him, and she says that she was the first one to be stabbed. The young lady says that Nick Mew punched her female friend in the face and then punched her right under the breast. And it wasn't actually a punch, it was a stab. She was stabbed, you know, right above the ribcage, or right below the rib, uh, ribcage. Now, what the video shows is a group of people converge on Nick Mew, uh, push him down, start hitting him, and then he just comes up stabbing. Five people end up getting stabbed, including a 17-year-old boy who dies. Tonight, one of the victims in the deadly Apple River stabbing is sharing her story of what happened that day. Lou Raguse joins us now with more. Hi, Lou. Hi, Chris. The lone female stabbing victim is 24-year-old Riley Madison, who was just released from the hospital today. She told Carol Evans' Sharon Yu how she ended up confronting Nick Mew and how she also became the first one to be stabbed by him. 
Madison says she and a female friend confronted Mew on the Apple River because they heard some younger tubers in another group felt uncomfortable with how he was acting. Madison and her friend were under the impression that he was making inappropriate comments about younger girls. Then, while telling him to leave, Madison says Mew turned violent. My friend had pretty much went up to, you know, we were next to the older man, and she had told him he needed to leave and asked him to leave, and I think he got upset from there, and he ended up punching her in the face. I'm not sure if I hit him because I was so upset about him hitting my friend, or if I yelled at him, or if I said something to make him mad. I don't know if somebody else had did something, but he was close enough to literally where he could just put his hand up and kind of poke me in my side. And I thought he had punched me, and we both looked down, and I was already instantly bleeding out. By all accounts, including, you know, the description of what's seen on the video, the whole thing went pretty quickly, just a couple of minutes after the confrontation began. Five people end up getting stabbed, and Nick Mew then gets out of there. He returns to where his friends were, and uh, there were a couple of females in his group as well. A couple of them called 911, actually, based off of hearing something going on. But from their point, they couldn't see what was going on. They asked him, and he said, oh, nothing. He said, I got my ass kicked by a bunch of teenagers. He never told them anything about stabbing anyone, and he never told them how seriously any of the younger people were injured. Molly Nistler was tubing down the river with her friends on Saturday. And they came across deputies and ambulances. And there's just a ton of people that were standing on the bank. And then you see the cops, like, even switching out, doing CPR on this guy. St. Croix County Sheriff says they got a call just before 4 p.m. reporting several people had been stabbed on the river while tubing just upstream from the 3564 bridge in Somerset Township. Deputies found five people with stab wounds to their midsections. Deputies arrived, and um, with the help of uh, a number of individuals and tubers uh, began to evacuate and administer uh, EMS and life-saving measures to some, um, suffering a range of knife wounds. Again, five individuals, uh, four um, were transported out, two by ambulance, two by air to regions. Uh, one was transported to Lakeview where they were pronounced deceased. What is being relayed to me is there are a number of body injuries, torso injuries, stab wounds. Um, again, how many to each person and specific location, I do not know. The suspect, 52-year-old man from Prior Lake, had left the scene, which led to a search. And so he and his group basically get back in their tube, and they tube another 45 minutes to an hour to get to the landing at the end. And then they were at this uh, campground where people kind of hang out after they finish tubing. And he did not go straight to police. The police eventually found him because of uh, a, a still shot from that video that was circulating about showing what he looked like. Uh, the suspect, uh, after a perimeter was set up, we had called for mutual aid from a number, a number of agencies, uh, both within St. Croix County as well as uh, Polk County, Washington County came over to assist. Um, I believe Minnesota State Patrol helicopter was en route as well uh, in an attempt to find the suspect. Over my shoulder is where we ended up locating the suspect with the help of some witnesses that identified him. 
Uh, he was taken into custody without incident. Um, he is a 52-year-old male from Minnesota. We were working off of, thank goodness, an individual had taken a photograph of the subject, um, and we shared that with deputies as well as other responding um, uh, resources. Uh, but it was a citizen that ended up locating him down here. The weapon, according to the criminal complaint, was recovered by police in the water as they searched following the melee. It was uh, only like a three-inch blade. And so it was a small knife. And a lot of people are like, well, what would you be doing with a knife on the river? I think it is more common for people to to do that than you might think. Because, first of all, it's a rural area where more people carry pocket knives with them, for starters. But also... People use rope to tie together tubes when they're out on these rivers so that their group can stay together. And so it wouldn't be uncommon for somebody to have a knife so that they can adjust the rope and and cut it and so forth. There will be a vigil on Wednesday for the Stillwater High School student who died in the stabbing. Isaac Schumann would have been a senior this fall. We're still working- so the victim is a 17-year-old boy from Stillwater, which is a, a really beautiful small town in southeast in uh, eastern minnesota just outside the twin cities metro uh it's uh it's right along the border of wisconsin and he was had a very entrepreneurial spirit he had his own business as a, a young teen and from all accounts had a very bright future he was there with this group of friends and um he was involved in the altercation with nick mew after the point that he had the knife out and he suffered a stab wound uh, to his torso that ultimately took his life. Isaac's family says the 17-year-old was looking forward to his senior year at Stillwater High School, preparing to apply for college to pursue electrical engineering. He was an honor roll student who loved to play golf. Isaac was also an entrepreneur who last year started his own car and boat detailing business. Now, as of this afternoon, the four victims at Regions Hospital were stable with injuries ranging from serious to critical. It includes two men from Luck, Wisconsin, ages 20 and 22, along with a 24-year-old woman from Burnsville and a 22-year-old man from Elk River. This is gruesome to say, but several of the people who were stabbed had their insides coming out while they were there on the river. And so they required a lot of surgeries. There were internal injuries from the stabbing. The St. Croix County Sheriff's Office says anyone with video related to this incident should pass it along to their investigators. As far as the suspect, he is being held at the St. Croix County Jail. And as you had mentioned earlier, charges are expected tomorrow. Immediately, he started telling police that it was self-defense. He said that he feared for his life and he... um, he said he, he kept saying uh, that the group was calling him a pedophile or a child molester, which by all accounts is what was happening. You know, uh, as far as the self-defense case comes, though, um, the group claims that he initiated the physical contact by punching a young woman in the face and then stabbing her friend, you know, before any of the young men in the group started hitting him back and pushing him into the water. It is a what they call the charge in Wisconsin, they call it first-degree homicide, and it carries a mandatory life in prison. There's no death penalty. So it's very serious uh, first-degree homicide and first-degree attempted homicide for the four other people who were stabbed. He has a million-dollar bail, which um, is a million-dollar cash bail in Wisconsin, so it, it will be difficult for him to be able to bail out 
Um, he, he might be able to. I don't know his financial situation. Uh, we have five victims, uh, one of whom is deceased. Appearing through video from jail, the accused killer in the Apple River stabbing saw a judge. Do you understand the charges and the maximum possible penalties? Yes, sir. Nick Mew could face mandatory life in prison if convicted of first-degree intentional homicide in the death of 17-year-old Stillwater incoming senior Isaac Schumann. Law enforcement will have to do a lot of investigation and sorting out in this matter, but there are apparently two sides to the story. And so a couple other interesting points from the court papers. Mew claimed that he wrestled the knife from someone in that group, but then it can be seen clipped to his pocket in the video before he pulled it out. And he never told anyone in his group, including his wife, what had happened. New court documents detail several videos of the incident that happened Saturday afternoon on the Apple River. At one point, it shows the suspect, 52-year-old Nick Mew, carrying goggles and a snorkel. Well, I think that the next thing to watch for in court is when this video gets released, because I think the video, the video does cut both ways. The video does not show him punch the woman in the face, and it does not show him clearly stab the woman. And so... In, in a sense, the video almost makes it look like he was attacked before he starts stabbing, according to how it is described in the criminal complaint. So I think once that video becomes public, whether that happens at the trial or if it happens before the trial, a lot of people will watch it for themselves and kind of settle on, on what they think really happened there on the Apple River. Now, I also touched base with the person who shot the video, the key piece of evidence in this case, and he told me that the family of Isaac Schumann, the 17-year-old who was killed, asked him not to publicly re release or share that video, so it's looking like that might not come out until it does so in the course of this criminal case. Nick Mew's interview with police directly afterwards is another very important piece of evidence in this case. He claimed self-defense right away. He also claimed that he didn't have a knife. And the video apparently shows that there was a knife clipped to his waist. And the video shows him take the knife out and open it up. So for him to say afterwards that he didn't have a knife on the river, and his claim is that he wrestled it away from one of the people who attacked him, that will not play well for him in his defense. In addition, his wife added that she knew he brought a knife with. Just a few hours ago, the suspect in the Apple River stabbing that killed a 17-year-old from Stillwater was in court. In a brief hearing, 52-year-old Nick Mew... He hired one of the attorneys who represented Kyle Rittenhouse, which was the case in Kenosha, Wisconsin, during uh, the riots that followed an officer-involved shooting. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse had, had two high-profile attorneys. This was the one, if you watched any of the trial, who had the shaved head. His name is Corey Shirafisi. So... Obviously, that follows the self-defense uh, claim that Nick Mew is making now because Corey Shirafisi was part of the legal team that earned an acquittal for Kyle Rittenhouse. In addition, Nick Mew just hired another attorney from Hudson, Wisconsin, which is uh, the city within the county where the courthouse is located here. And he is one of the best defense attorneys that I've ever personally seen in action. So he has a very skilled defense team preparing his self-defense claim, and almost certainly this will go to trial.
It's had a lot of people talking. Does Nick Mew have a valid self-defense claim? Lou Raguse has been digging it in, into it today and joins us now live. Lou? Julia, the details of what led up to the stabbing are complicated, and ultimately it could come down to how much of an opportunity did Nick Mew have to walk away before he began stabbing. Details of the fatal Apple River stabbing laid out in the criminal complaint paint a chaotic picture. So if I were his lawyer and I were raising a self-defense claim, I would point out the fact that um, he was being called names, felt intimidated by multiple people, felt like he was surrounded. There's certainly evidence, video evidence of him being pushed, punched, things of that nature. One thing that the authorities really latch on to is the fact that if this was really self-defense, why wouldn't he say anything to his family and friends right away? Why wouldn't his first stop after it happened be to law enforcement to explain, hey, I just had to take self-defense action here to save my own life. Here's my story. Instead, um, you know, tubing for an additional 45 minutes to an hour before getting caught or being found by police. It doesn't look good, but at the same time, his defense attorneys will be arguing that he was in shock and you can't predict how someone would act in those circumstances. Defense attorney Eric Nelson successfully represented a client in a high-profile stabbing self-defense case in Wisconsin in 2015. Nelson says the details in the Nick Mew case are more complex. And despite Mew having a self-defense claim, Nelson points out problems with that claim. The most notable thing, in my opinion, is the there are several references to a, a, a route of egress or his ability to flee the situation. The criminal complaint says video evidence shows opportunity for Mew to leave the confrontation. Nelson says Wisconsin essentially has a duty for someone to retreat, if possible, before using deadly force. There's another detail that would hurt a self-defense claim. A woman involved in the confrontation told police what started the physical assault was Mew punched that woman. That punch is apparently not caught on the bystander video, which is not publicly available. Nelson predicts it will be a complicated trial. There's a clear self-defense claim established. It's not a perfect one, um, but it is also, you know, the state's going to have some, you know, uh, problems with their case too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a terrible case, and I think the self-defense claim gives it even more attention. We've covered self-defense claim. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse had a much better self-defense claim on its face than Nick Mew does right now. I mean, the video showed in the Rittenhouse case that the people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot were chasing him, and he only shot after they attacked him. So that, that creates a much cleaner case from a legal perspective than what happened here, because... You know, once the video comes out, we'll see what that says. But I can tell you already that multiple people are saying that Nick Mew punched the young lady in the face first. And that's what set this all off. Anytime that there is a self-defense claim made, I think the public kind of perks up and takes extra interest. In addition, in Wisconsin, cameras are allowed in the courtroom. So this case, when it goes to trial, very likely will be televised from beginning to end. Hey, True Crime Chronicles listeners, Reed Redmond here to close out this episode with Will Johnson, as always. And Will, this is a story that's been on my mind since it happened. 
I'm from the same city in Minnesota. Isaac Schumann is from. A lot of my closest friends went to Stillwater High School. I know exactly where this happened. And, you know, for me, this story is another reminder of just how real all of the stories that we cover on this podcast are. You know, they're not just news stories or interesting investigations. These are tragedies happening to real families and real communities. And my hope, at least, is that by sharing these stories, we're putting a little more empathy or understanding into the world. Yeah. And, you know, you you hear Lou talking about Isaac Schumann, who was just 17 years old. You hear, you know, various reports about him. But, you know, it's hard to even fathom a family dealing with that kind of loss and tragedy and when you put it in the in light of this event that should have been, uh, you know, a fun, happy experience out on the river in the summertime, it's just, it's all just, it's heartbreaking. So, Will, there are a couple details I wanted to ask you about. We heard Lou Raguse talk about these videos that have been provided to police. Do you have any more information about those videos, either who took them or, or exactly how much footage there is? So many crimes that take place, so much of what we cover in this day and age, is covered by a surveillance camera or somebody on a cell phone. And out on the river that day, people, you know, knew something was happening and and these videos were taken. We don't have a lot of information on, you know, who took the videos. Um, in the criminal complaint, there's a report from a deputy with the St. Croix County Sheriff's Office. And as Lou mentions, this is, you know, it's an extensive a sort of documentation of what happens in the video step by step. So even if you haven't seen the video, uh, if you look at this criminal complaint, it really outlines exactly what it shows. And the deputy mentions that he received, you know, a, a, a video of a device that was court recorded on the date in question. It was July 30th when this happened at 3.44 p.m. And again, it goes really just, as Lou outlined, step by step what the video shows. And then there is a second video that the deputy also mentions receiving. Uh, and this video was, according to this criminal complaint, of limited quality due to being captured by an iPhone and sent to an Android device. And it's actually only 21 seconds long. And the report says, specifically, the video appears to start toward the end of the confrontation. The orientation appears to be from the northeast of the confrontation facing to the southwest. It appears that individuals are fleeing from one person who is standing alone and believed to be Nikolai with his right arm extended, posturing toward everyone running away. So again, that's the second video. It's shorter. It doesn't show as much. That first video really seems to capture a lot of what happened that day. Lou also raised the point that if this goes to trial and Nikolai Mew were to claim self-defense, he'd have to explain why he went back to his group and continued tubing down the river. You mentioned looking through the criminal complaint. Does it offer any other insight into what Mew has told investigators about that window of time or if he's told them anything? Yes, another section of the criminal complaint outlines the conversation that investigators had with Nikolai Mew after the attack. And they asked him about that, you know, what he said or did after this incident took place. He said he was worried his group would want to confront the kids who had attacked him. Again, this is according to this criminal complaint. And Nick said that the group of individuals who attacked him were, quote, too drunk and too set on going after people. Uh, so that's one explanation. We will have to see where this all goes and how it unfolds. But that is, you know, something that, that people are, are, are responding to and, and talking about the fact that, you know, he really didn't say much of anything after this all took place. 
We'll be continuing to keep an eye on reporting as it comes out from CARE 11. Thanks, of course, to Lou Ragus at CARE 11 for bringing us this story. And thanks for listening to True Crime Chronicles. A reminder to all of our listeners, if you haven't already, check out Vault Studios' newest podcast, Intent, the Tex McIver case. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Along with Reed Redmond, I'm Will Johnson for True Crime Chronicles. We'll be back next week with a new case and a new story.